0: Live from the Jacob Media Studios, it's Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough on News Talk 1400 WOND. Be inspired, learn and understand the power of becoming a servant leader and transform your life while serving our nation. Meet those who have served our country. Learn about prosperity and overcome sickness, poverty and despair. Serving Our Nation begins right now.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to episode 50 of Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and if today is your first time tuning into the program, I just wanna briefly share with you the heart behind Serving Our Nation. This is a program that is focused on encouraging people to become servant leaders, and my goal is to offer you hope and encouragement each week through stories of people that have dedicated their lives to living out this idea of servant leadership and honoring God, because what I know to be true is that God calls us to this life of servant leadership, and when we are faithful with that, blessings come from God as a byproduct of that service, because all of us are ministers of one kind or another, because God has given each one of us very special gifts and talents, and it is our duty, our obligation, and our responsibility that when we see a need in the world around us, we need to step up and fill that need to the very best of our ability, because serving is for everyone in all walks of life. And over the last year with this show, we've seen that in countless guests in the military, business, faith, community, and even something as simple as people serving their family. And last week in episode 49, if you missed it, I had on Mr. George Tuning. George had a very powerful story, talking about his journey from being a veteran, then he went on to serve as a nonprofit. After that, he was selected to be a White House fellow, and now he's working towards social impact. Very, very powerful story, tremendous nuggets that came from that show. I would encourage you to go back and listen to George's story, because it will really move you and inspire you. But for today, I wanna share with you just a little bit about me that's relevant to today's guest. I very much believe in networking and meeting new people and always looking for people of character. And well over a year ago, before I ever had a chance to start this radio program, I had an opportunity to meet a woman named Kristen Leone. And Kristen and I have become really good friends. She was on my show at the beginning of the program And through Kristen, uh, she kept telling me, hey, I've got this friend named James. I've got this friend named James. He's got incredible passion. He's a tremendous servant leader. You've got to meet this guy. You've got to meet this guy. And so I had an opportunity to talk to James uh, over the phone. And then uh, sometime recently, he followed up and just wanted to reach out. And so we had lunch together. And it became very, very clear to me through that lunch that what Kristen said is tremendously true james is a man of character he's a man with incredible passion and i'm honored to have him as my guest for today so he is the co-founder of project refit the co-founder of impact and the founder of jc innovative solutions really excited to talk to james today so we come back from the break i'll be joined by mr james corbett stay with us we'll be right back
0: If you're interested in connecting with Dr. Paul McCullough or interested in being featured on the show, contact Jacob Media Partners via LinkedIn. Now back to Serving Our Nation.
1: And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined today by Mr. James Corbett. James, first of all, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be in the program here with me today.
2: Absolutely not a problem. I'm excited to be here.
1: So James, you know, when you and I first talked about a year ago, uh, I could tell that you had an interesting story. But then when we met for lunch a month or so ago, it, it was really apparent to me that you are a leader of character. You've got a whole lot of passion, and it was also very clear when Kristen said to me a couple of times, "You've got to meet James. He's this great guy. He's full of energy. You got to meet James." It was really clear <laughs> why she was saying that. And so I really want to explore a lot of that passion and your character and what drives you uh, in our show today, if that's all right with you.
2: Of course, that'd be
1: great. So looking at your background and your profile on LinkedIn and things you sent me, I think a really good starting point would be Project Refit. So can you tell us a little bit about it and what the heart was behind starting it?
2: Yeah, so um long story short uh i come from a family where we have veterans in our family people who served uh we are a patriotic family we are um the corbett's kind of try to stick to that american that old school american model of of an american family Mm -hmm. uh we've had uh, a cousins party for example uh we call it the cousins party every year it's been 45 years straight uh we're not including COVID because that was a weird time uh, but we're, we're very much about keeping everyone together. And uh, the reason why that matters is there's like 125 of us, right? Wow. So um, there's a bunch of us, yeah, uh, in the family. We try to keep everyone connected uh, because, again, that's like an American value, right? Family. Sure. Um, and uh, that's a core value that needs to be protected, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, with that in mind, when I go to school and I begin to study a lot about um, you know, conflict and uh, conflict negotiation, uh, and and I'm talking like conflict on a mass scale. Yeah. Uh, because I like to look at. Um, somebody told me a long time ago that if I ever became a leader, I was going to be a vision leader. It was actually uh, Steve Riley, a professor of mine, and um, he and and because there, there's different leadership types, sure, and uh, that we were learning about. And he's like, you'd be a vision leader because your brain just goes to the big and to the macro. So I took that, um, and he's right, and it does, and and I took that skill set and that understanding of myself, um, and I looked at uh, major problems that are affecting us today. And like I was saying to you before, Paul, and I really genuinely believe this in the bottom of my heart, um, I believe the reason why there's uh, the suicide rates that there are right now for veterans, Mm -hmm. it's actually a reflection of the sickness that's happening in our society. Yes. Um, And I'm trying to genuinely help repair um, community, right, and really bring in civilians uh, into the fold to help out veterans and veterans help civilians and um, and police officers and firefighters, create community again where we get to know, you know, Officer John down the street, you know, yep. and Veteran Bobby and, you know, um, Martha the firefighter, you know, like I, I just, I want to see everybody kind of like connecting again. And that's why Uh, Project Refit really aims to do the buddy check system that we have, uh, as well as the mobile bases, um, uh, which are, you know, mobile VFWs, American Legions on wheels. Uh, So they are big trailers that are outfitted like lounges, and we're going to go conduct missions around them. So it's really the SOP or the standard operating procedures, which is what's going to be the driving force and the special thing about our uh, units.
1: So tell me some more about this buddy check thing. I understand what that means as a retired colonel but the people listening might not
2: sure so um the buddy check system is in the military it's where uh you check in on you know you you have a guy that you're assigned that you have to check in on him and he checks on you and she right she also i want to point that out um when i'm talking i talk in a very male uh kind of bro way so deal with me i will <laughs> say guys and i mean everyone uh, so I, those are things that I say, I'm not excluding women on purpose. It's uh, it's just the vernacular that I use and I apologize for that ahead of time. Sure. So now that that, now that that's out of the way and you understand how I speak, um, and it's not intentional to hurt anyone's feelings, uh, uh genuinely too, um, I, 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 really tried to aim to kind of revolutionize that buddy check process. Cause I think it's so powerful. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> what we did is we focused on, uh, we actually call it a radio check, by the way, we call it the radio check. Okay. And um, there's a radio check program that we host every Monday and Friday for our community. Uh, People tune in, they watch, you know, they say things like, hey, I'm really happy to see this. This makes me happy. Uh, People jump into the Zoom with us as we're live streaming it and they talk and they share their story. Uh, No matter who it is, it's not about how special you are or where you came from or what you've done we don't care about any of that mm-hmm. what we care about is hearing where you're at now why you feel the way that you feel and are you getting help yep um and and then the other side of it every friday we have a private zoom it's not live stream like mondays um and friday we have uh you know it's a private group it's it's really just uh shooting the uh shooting the breeze if you will okay uh and and just talking to each other hanging out uh and still like If someone needs to talk and vent or whatever, they absolutely can do that too. Um, Last night, we had a long one. It was from nine until like, I think it was like 1 p.m. or 1 a.m. in the morning. Um, And uh, the reason why is we had an officer on there. uh, And she was, uh, it was actually a female officer too, which is exceptional. It's hard to get female and police officer uh, to open up. Uh, It's not, it's not easy. Um, so, I mean, police officers are hard to get to open up in general, but when you're a female, I call it that double wall, same thing with uh, military women as well. Um, it's that double wall. You're in a male dominated industry and you know, for some reason talking is seen as weakness. So anyway, so she was talking and then she got a call, uh, on to go do her job and we're like, all right, it's over. (laughs) And we ended the call and she had to go do her job. Um, but that's the Radio Check program. It's a community built up around it. We also have a mobile app that's going to revolutionize, hopefully, the Radio Check process as well. At the top of a button, you're going to be able to send out a message to your top five best friends and check in on them. Because people are always saying, stop doing push-ups, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, call a buddy. Mm-hmm. And the way, I, the way I look at things is I don't look at things like um, victimization. I hate victimization. Uh, I don't like victim playing. I don't like any of that. I like solutions. So when I hear somebody saying, call a buddy instead of doing pushups, first off, I think, oh, they're totally right, because pushups don't really do anything. But number two, what I think is, okay, let's arm that, let's let's give, uh, let's solutionize that, mm-hmm. right? Like, why aren't people calling? Yeah. Uh, em- I, I call it the empathetic approach, right? I'm thinking, I'm putting myself in the shoes of the person who wants to make the call, but they just don't. And I immediately, when it comes to mind is, I'm busy. I mean i can't text people back right away sometimes i can't call people back right away sometimes right i can't even make phone calls sometimes because i know about how much energy it's going to take and work it's going to take to do that yeah um so it's it's not easy um so yeah i i, I so we made it more simple by making it a tap of a button instead of text text text, text call, call 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 yeah so uh yeah that's
1: it so i clearly understand the mission of what you're trying to do is build community, reduce yep. the suicide rate that came across loud and clear. What would you say is your vision moving forward? Maybe in the next five years, where do you see project refit going? You know, um, cause you said you're a visionary kind of I guy, you're a vision big, leader.
2: I have big ambition and plans for this. Um, and it's not five years. It's actually more 10, 15. Okay. Um, and I would love to turn this into the best mobile mental health hospital in the country. Wow. Because nobody, nobody's focusing on the only way you can genuinely attack this problem is being boots on ground in the streets. You have to be talking to people. Mm-hmm. You have to go to events. You have to get the guy who, uh, he'll ne- especially men, especially men. You will never get it. You'll never get a high turnaround of men going to talk to you uh, by having them come to your office. They're not going to, I'm not going to do that. I have a family I have to protect. I have a family I have to feed. I have a, I have a country I have to look out for. I'm not going to take the time to get, but if you come to me, you come to my place of work, you go to my police station, you go to my base, you go and you, and you talk to me. I might open up, mm-hmm. I might open up and you might be able to then give me some tips and solutions and also it'll be normalized because we're hanging out, we're just chilling. It's on the Project tree base, it's a, it's a really good reputation and brand, it's built up around it, it's not weakness, it's literally solution oriented and people will know that. That's so awesome. that's the big vision. I don't know if it's gonna come true, mm-hmm. but um, my track record says yes, it will.
1: So James, I, I love the heart behind what you're doing. Yeah and with what you've been able to achieve already with the mobile base and the radio check can you tell us maybe just one or two stories of people that you've already helped and maybe some life change or transformation that's taken place
2: so um i i'm I'm not gonna just like i'm not gonna sit here and say that we're life transformation is very very deep and very powerful Mm -hmm. uh we don't do that for people people do that for themselves so i'll never sit here and you know say that we're, we're basically the second coming, right? Like I can't do that. Um, and that wouldn't be honest of me, but I can tell you that we've supported people in that process. Many, um, one of my, I'll give you a recent example, actually, uh, of, a. This actually made my heart sing. Uh, so I, I had a, um, a Marine who just got back. He was a part of the Afghanistan withdrawal One of his friends was part of the 13. Um, and for those who don't know, uh, there was 13 Marines that were killed uh, over in Afghanistan during the withdrawal period. Yeah. Um, and one of his close friends was one of the 13. Um, and he lives, uh, he lives nearby and, um, I took him out. Uh, he actually, I took he and his girlfriend, Dan and I, Dan and I, uh, Dan's a co-founder of project refit. Uh, Dan is army combat veteran, great guy. Um, he's, he's become one of my closest friends mm-hmm. on the planet. But anyway, um, it's the beauty of doing hard things together, you know? <laughs> so um, we, we connected with this guy. And I'm not going to say, Sam, I'm going to come up with a different name. Sam, I'm going to call him Sam. All right. So we took Sam to, uh, we took him shooting and we went to a place out in Warminster. I purposely chose a, uh, a gun range that was far away. Mm-hmm. So we had time in the truck, in the mobile base, actually, in the, in the, in the project refit truck uh, to talk. Right. So mm-hmm. we went out there. And it was an hour and a half. Uh, We brought his girlfriend with him who ended up being an absolute gem. She is a great young woman. Um, Very understanding. She's very matriarchal. She's just, she's a great woman. And when it comes to mental health for a man, the best thing in my view that you can do for yourself is find a good woman that will take care of your brain.
3: Amen Um, to that.
2: Amen to that, brother. So, um, and I, I get chills every time I think of that. Like women have that power and I think it's very important in this, in our society. Anyway, I'm not gonna get into that rant. Um, women are very important. Uh, so, um, we're, we're going and he starts opening up to Dan and I, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, opening up, up. And, uh, and he, he, we started talking about alcohol a little bit and he made a decision for himself i was blown away by this by the way this this young man i i will never give up on this young man with the things that he's starting to do for himself already i helped him hook him up with a job and everything like that um so i'll I'll get into it but anyway so he said i noticed that i was drinking and i was getting angry and like i'm i'm i don't know if i want to do that so i decided to not drink and i looked i looked at him dead in his eyes and i was like don't you effing drink for the next X amount of weeks and you decide how long that's gonna be. Mm -hmm. And he was like, all right, Um, he said the number. And I'm like, great, his dad calls me the next week. His dad says, hey, I just wanna let you know, we went out to dinner, I'm I'm obviously speeding things up. Yeah. So so he calls me next week and his dad's like, I probably should, he's not gonna hear this radio station, (laughs) I hope, I, I mean, if he does, then I'm sorry, Kyle, talk to your dad, all right? So, oh, I just said the name. Dang it. I did all the things wrong. So anyway, uh, so anyway, his dad calls him up. and He's like, hey, man, I, we went out to dinner. And uh, I just want to let you know that uh, I'm going to say it again. Sam, <laughs> he said that. It, and I asked, I offered him wine to drink. And he's like, if I drink that wine, James is going to kill me. Wow. So, wow. I mean, the dude sticking to it. Yeah. He's sticking to the plans that we laid out. He's sticking to everything, and you know what it is too. We don't coddle our people. I don't coddle anyone. No,
1: I get that I about you. I
2: hold, I hold, I hold veterans especially to a higher standard. Yep. I, I, res- I I need to, I need them to know that a veteran with the discipline you've been given, it, you absolutely have the chance. You absolutely have the chance to take control of your life. Yes. And I hold you to that standard.
1: Wow. James, this is so compelling, man. I love this story. And that is so moving about Sam and what you were able to do for him (laughs) with what you are doing, James. We're going to take a short break for a commercial. But when we come back, I'm going to continue the conversation with Mr. James Corbett.
0: listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough, a Jacob Media Production.
1: And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough, and I'm joined here today by Mr. James Corbett. So James, in our first segment we were talking about Project Refit and some of the blessings that you've been able to bring into other people's lives. But I can't imagine that it's all roses and sunshine. I I, got to believe that there's some really hard conversations that you've had to have with people and I'm curious you know Sam sounds like a very good news story but in the time that you're doing this is there something that was really heart-wrenching for you to do something like man you know I I can't believe that I, I have to do this but it's the right thing to do and maybe God showed up in the midst of that and you know there was blessing that came out of that
2: um great question one that is never asked so um this is incredibly difficult to do right and starting a nonprofit with the things that we're combating Mm -hmm. it's incredibly difficult to do um developing that trust especially because i have i have become and i didn't want this to happen but i have become the face pretty much of project refit and i'm a civilian yeah so um and I genuinely did not want this to happen. But then we all sat down one day uh, as a board and the original people. And they were like, listen, dude, you got to do it. You're it. And it's just they like we literally talked about it. And I was like, all right, that's fine. I was like, as long as you guys back me up as much as possible, I can mm-hmm. do anything. And literally, that's actually Dan in particular was like, like come on, bub. That's literally what he says. he says. Come on, bub. You know, you know, I got you. I was like, all right. So um, because it's it's scary putting yourself out there and your thoughts and your visions out there like that. Yeah. Um, and it's very hard, too, because sometimes you get the, uh, the veteran who, when I'm holding you to a higher standard and I expect it out of you, and I'm a civilian saying that, pisses guys off. So some guys, um, you know, absolutely don't like that. Uh, and I've been called names and, you know, like, uh, I think on this, I think on that. I don't. Mm. And I know I don't. I don't take offense to it. But of course, in the moment, it's like, dang, that was a stinger. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but what I recognize, I always try to take that approach. My, Actually, my mom, my mom, oh my God, she gave the best advice for, you want to talk about empathetic thinking? My mom is like the best at it. What she does and what she says, uh, her advice to me was love them where they're at. Wow wow that's is right good. that is literally amazing so um you know if an individual is like that and they get angry i'm gonna love you where you're at i'm gonna let you be and when you want to come back and talk i'm all down yes. i'm 100 percent down no bad blood because whatever you said to me i don't even believe on that way anyway so that's fine yeah um i'll take it to heart and i'll think about it mm-hmm. maybe there are ways that i can improve maybe there was something i did wrong in that conversation um but for the two times that it happened, one was uh, racism was being dealt with. So get out of here. I'm not dealing with that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I literally can't stand racism um, to any degree. And uh, I the other one was I had to bring control back to a, a, a group conversation mm-hmm. um, and I had to silence one of the individuals. And I know that's hard and I know that that's a, a frustrating thing to have happen, but sometimes it has to happen for yeah. production and yeah. productive conversations to happen. So uh, that was the other time that it happened. And both times even uh, I met I, uh, Dan made sure that he reached out to me and was like, yo, you were in the right, you're fine. You know, you're fine. Yeah, right? yeah, you know, yeah. you're not a, yeah. a POS civilian. And I was like, I'm not, I know I'm not. Thank you though, buddy. And that's it. Like, you know, he's doing that backup thing. He said he would do. Yeah. Um, and it's, what has come and you asked like, what is the good that has come out of it? Mm -hmm. The good that has come out of it. uh, I learned who was in my corner um, because as much as, you know, Dan and others will say, you're okay with this. They will also never hesitate to be like, that's dumb. Yeah. So uh, it's not just yes men. We're not just yes men for each other. Uh, We actually challenge and we we make each other improve. So it's a good team unit that's being built.
1: I I love what you're talking about here because it reminds me very much of small group ministry that would take place in a church Mm. setting where you're talking about holding people accountable. And sometimes in a small group, you have somebody that has diarrhea of the mouth and they just want to dominate the conversation. And sometimes you have to gently shut that person down. Like, I love you and I appreciate you, but it can't be all about you. We need to give other people a chance to share. And you don't want to be the bad guy, but you need to respectfully shut people down sometimes.
2: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
1: Well, you talked a whole lot about Project Refit, but you're a pretty busy guy and you have this whole other thing you're doing with impact. So tell me a little bit about that. And is there a correlation between those two? Yes. Okay.
2: Big time. So a part of my grand vision for trying to help rebuild community and trying to help support community, uh, law enforcement, I think, is one of the most important jobs in America uh, when it comes to supporting and protecting your community. So, um, uh, the world is not always beautiful. Okay. Yeah. People are not always trustworthy. Um, we live in a bubble here in our own geographically. We're very protected in the United States. And we forget that there's still evil here that lives on this continent. Yes. And the way that our businesses can stay safe and they don't get attacked all the time and we can do commerce at business as usual is because of these men and women. Yeah. Right. And genuinely that is not, that is not trying to um, suck up to that industry. That is not trying to bolster them in any, in any kind of like, um, uh, uh, fake way there's no facade here no it's facts it's genuine right yeah, it's facts. actual fact so um and I, I just like to drive that point home because the thing that i noticed however is we don't as a society seem to appreciate them and we don't give them new tools to use all the time preach it. right so they need something they actually in their job they Right now, the way they, they text, they email, they make phone calls, it's like outdated, yep. right? There's faster, better ways to communicate. In fact, it's such a new concept for so many. When I'm trying to bring my product impact, they're like, oh, we already have, we already have uh, you know, these document sharing you know, softwares. I'm like, guys, it's not about document sharing. It's about you communicating with each other instantly and, and and organized. So, do you know what Slack or Discord is at all?
1: No, I've never heard of that.
2: No. Okay. So, Slack and Discord are they're two messaging platforms. Oh, Slack.
1: Like- yeah, I've heard of Slack. Slack. Yes, I've heard of. So Slack.
2: it's it's Slack for law enforcement. So it's a messaging platform um, that replaces like emails and texts and even voice at times, uh, so that you can just have quick, instant, you know, conversations with people. Yeah. Now, law enforcement doesn't have anything like that. Uh, There's a couple of competitors, of course. Um, There's like two, two competitors of ours, but what we're doing is we're really taking ourselves out of the mold and we're including not only artificial intelligence into it, which I can get into, but it's not important. But number two, the thing that we're including that's big is called a community user type. So the community user type, is a nonprofit and they'll be invited in by the police department. And let's say that they run, let's use veterans and let's use use project refit. Let's say that project refit is one of the community user types. Then there's a veteran in a a town nearby that needs help and needs community and needs support instead of locking a guy up, the officer can be like, Hey, man, listen, you didn't really do anything wrong right now. You didn't mess up yet. I'm going to make an introduction to a couple of groups. They're going to reach out to you and I'm going to be able to help you out. And you'll be able to do it instantly. Wow. Instead of doing a ton of research, instead of doing a bunch, just get everybody on board, get everybody into this thing. And he'll be able to go to that room and send a message to them. Wow. Now that, now, I just want to make clear, because there might be police officers listening to this, that is not the primary focus of the tool. That is one aspect of it. Everything else, it actually has to deal with police work and CGIS compliance. We're going to include, CJIS criminal justice information systems compliance. There's going to be ways for you to communicate with other police departments within your own police department. You'll be able to see bolos, you'll be able to see criminal justice information. And you'll be able to share criminal justice information across it and community user types will never see any of that information being shared. So uh, it'll be a very boring app for the community user type but a very productive app for the law enforcement.
1: And where's the set in development now, James?
2: Launched. Uh, we're actually, we have some users right now and, um, we're in talks with other, with the state and we're getting investment right now. We're actually trying to uh, pull in more investors
1: currently. Awesome. And so you mentioned a 10 to 15 year plan for project refit. Does this fit in the same plan or do you have a different vision for what's going on with impact?
2: So, impact will hopefully impact if we are able to close big contracts and deals. We'll be funding ten percent of every sale is going to go back to Project Refit. So, um, it'll be a way for me to funnel money consistently into Project Refit to grow this massive organization. Um, and hopefully, we'll be able to make that happen. Um, you know, that's really the the end goal there for that uh, impact's long term plan is to be the premier um collaboration platform for law enforcement uh and we want it to be artificially intelligent so that we can develop an ai assistant that can take a lot off of the plate of the officer including um one of the things we want to do eventually is with the earpiece that's inside of an officer's ear Mm -hmm. i want to have uh what's called fuzz our little ai um, it's a little hat tip to the 70s when they used to be called the Fuzz um, and have Fuzz, our AI, listening in to help that officer take notes and remember the interaction that he had with that individual. Wow. Um, so it's it's going to be some pretty powerful stuff to help enable um, better interactions and, um, and make a smarter, more emotionally intelligent police officer also uh, because we're going to be including other things in the impact too that'll help do that. Um, and also just because it's more Uh, because the organization and the, uh, the communication is going to be, um, the amount of work is going to be less that the officer will hopefully be less stressed when he's dealing with, uh, civilians as well. So it'll be safer interactions for civilians.
1: So I want to go back to something you said a few minutes ago, this idea of life being messy and when you were talking about the first responders yeah. and you know really the lack of support for them and appreciation for them in many cases you know i think about a lot of the people that are in my neighborhood there's a quite a few police officers uh, EMT people all like that just in the small area where i live and not a lot of people really just take the time to say, hey, you know what? Thank you for your service. Veterans get That's thank right. you for your service all the time. But who takes the time to go up to that police officer, that firefighter? Thank you for your service. They're putting their lives in the line, I would say, even more often than the veteran because it's day to day for them. It's not, hey, I'm going Every on a six month deployment. Every single day when they go out on the job, they might not yep. come home.
2: Yep. And it's not even that. You know what else it is? It, it's not even the danger of life it's the chipping away at life. Yeah. So I call it the chip, right? Because that every time they put on that vest or every time they put on that belt, uh, you know, it's just more stress that they're putting on themselves because they have people that they're dealing with all the time. Yes. They see the negative all the time. They see the evil, they see the death, they see um, the worst of the worst here at home domestically that we don't get to see, Yeah. right? They keep it at bay they're the ones that are dealing with it and dealing with what I call the Greek tragedy of life at all times, right? So the Greek tragedy, of course, it's uh, talking about the um, how the Greeks were obsessed with this idea that, hey, you might have just became a doctor, but you're going to get hit by a truck, you know, uh, driving through a, 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 an intersection because life doesn't care.
1: Yeah. So James, we got about two minutes left. And the thing I would really want to get from you before we go is what advice you would offer someone that wants to make a difference, but they're not sure how to get started. So you're doing a nonprofit, you got the impact, which is maybe the for-profit side of it. And you've got such a heart for veterans and first responders, but so many people are like, uh, I, I don't know where to start, it's too hard, it's this, it's that. What advice would you give to someone that wants to make a difference, wants to make an impact, but scared to take that first leap?
2: All right, so. I want to take this really seriously. Um, listen, it's very hard. It's going to be probably the hardest thing you've ever done in your life to genuinely drive something to the finish line, especially if it's brand new yeah. and it's innovative. Yeah. Um, you have to get okay with, uh, what, what I, the, one of my favorite quotes, uh, there's, there's, there's two. Um, one is "vincete qui se vincete," which is he conquers, who conquers himself. That's my daily mission quote. Um, like every day, I tell myself that literally every day. Um, and my, my life mission quote is, you cannot achieve peace without understanding. Mm. Um, and that is, that is like my quote. Like I want to copyright that one day. I love that because that is the truth in everything. Yep. Either within yourself, you have to understand if you're even capable of doing it. And there's nothing wrong with not being capable of doing it. Be real with yourself, stop yeah. lying to yourself, don't BS yourself, get to the place where you can be so honest with yourself, you're okay with, you know what, I'm actually going to join James instead, or I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to join, you know, whoever instead and help them grow that vision because it's so beautiful. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. You have to be ready to burn the ships, right? That's a that's a, a, a general literally said at one point to his military men, I'm going to burn all of our ships and you'll have two options. die or win. Wow. And you have to be genuinely ready to die or win. Um, and I mean, I'm talking like, I'm ready to be homeless. I'm ready. And that's not even a joke. If you heard my whole story, I'm ready to be homeless. I don't care. I am I will win at this vision because I know America needs it. I saw it in 2015 through data. I knew everything was coming because of that political correctness morphed into everything that we see today. I saw it all, right? So. And it was there. I mean, it's not like some, like, you know, brilliant person was literally written about, you know, Um, like just get ready to burn the ships and give yourself the chance to do it, either to be the leader of it or the follower. And there's nothing wrong with being a follower at all. Cause sometimes you become a leader, so.
1: James, all I can say to that is amen, brother. You have such a powerful story and Kristen was a thousand percent right. Your leadership, your character, your heart for serving other people is absolutely impeccable. I wanna thank you so much for being on the program today. Thank you for what you do and thank you for sharing it with so many people.
2: Thanks, Paul, appreciate it.
1: All right, when we come back from the break, we're gonna reflect on the lessons of servant leadership that we heard today from James Corbett. So stay with us, we'll be right back.
0: You're listening to Serving Our Nation with Dr. Paul McCullough,
1: a Jacob Media production. And welcome back to Serving Our Nation. I'm your host, Reverend Dr. Paul McCullough. And as we close out today's show, let's think about what powerful lessons we've heard today from Mr. James Corbett. I told you in the beginning of this program that he was a powerful leader, very strong character, very passion driven person. And we heard that come through loud and clear today. And I wanna highlight just a few of the things that he mentioned. One of the things I thought was really compelling, he said in the beginning of the interview, he wants to take steps to repair the country. Now that's a pretty bold statement, but he has an action plan around that, that he wants to get behind. And I think as individuals, as people aspiring to be servant leaders, we can get behind that in our own ways, in our own lives. So when James talked about the radio or the buddy check program, what can you do as an individual to check on a family member, a friend, a person that you haven't spoken with in a while? Give somebody a call, send them an email. Hey, how are you doing? I know that you went through this, that, or the other thing. How are you doing? How is life going for you? What can I do to be there for you? James talked about an empathetic approach. So how empathetic can we be to the people around us, the people in our family, our friends, our coworkers, people at church. What can we do to show empathy to people? And I love how James talked about that one of the greatest blessings that he's gotten is how he's been able to support people. He said it makes his heart sing in being able to support people. And he quoted his mom where she would say to him, love them where they're at. Listen, everybody is at a different place in their journey, their spiritual journey, their emotional journey. Everybody is in a different place, struggling with different things. Physical problems to me that people are dealing with. But our job as ministers is to love people where they're at and to let people know that we are in their corner, that when the chips are down, that we are there, have their backs, and are ready to support them in whatever way that we can, whatever it is that they need. I think it's also really compelling when James was talking about the importance of first responders. And he talked about this idea of life being messy and the idea of a Greek tragedy. But something really simple that you can do to serve other people. How about you go up to a police officer or a fireman and say, "Hey, what? Thank you for your service. Is there something I can do for you? Right, And he even said, hey, when you go up to people and say, hey, I'm willing to talk, just showing up makes a difference and would allow people to feel comfortable sharing with you. To show up, be in people's lives, be there as somebody that is in their corner. And then the last thing I thought that James said that was really strong, he said, be honest with yourself. You know, if you want to start a business, you want to be a nonprofit, whatever it is, Be honest with yourself and be ready to burn the ships where you're going to win or die trying. I love that. And it shows how much passion that James really has for this ministry that he's doing and being able to support the veteran community, the first responder community. I would say to you today that our call from listening to what James had to say is to really be that person that's in the corner. You know, one of my favorite shows growing up was the Rocky movies. And one of my favorite parts in the movie was where Rocky falls down and you hear Mickey, his trainer, in the background. And even after his trainer, Mick, died, Rocky would still have flashbacks of this old guy, Mick, standing there in his corner saying, get up, get up, I didn't hear no bell. So what can we do to say that to other people? I didn't hear no bell. I'm still in your corner. Get up. Get back in the fight because I'm right here with you. All right, listen. Each week, I talk to you about this idea that when you put good into the universe, good comes back to you. I had such a great blessing this past week. I mentioned to you a couple times in the past that I have a unique opportunity to teach part-time as an adjunct for Drixie University. And it just so happened that this was the last week of class. And in the last session, I asked them, hey. Can you give me just one up, one down of things that you liked and didn't like about the class and maybe just a nugget that you are going to take away from what you learned in this course? And so over the last 10 weeks, I really have done a lot to pour into these students, to serve them, to not just teach them book knowledge, but to give them life experience and to really show them how to put these principles into action in a real life setting, in organizations, to be a real servant leader in a lot of different ways. And so that was the hard work, right? Pouring into these young students. But the real blessing is the comments that I received from these students. Absolutely tremendous comments saying, you're the best professor that I've had and all things of this nature. And it was really just so powerful because I didn't get into teaching a class at Drexel to get accolades. Right? My heart was to serve the students, but to hear them come back with such positive feedback really just touched my heart because it shows that I'm making a difference. So I would encourage you today, who can you make a difference in their lives? Who can you empower to be that next generation of servant leader, to pour into their lives that one day they can learn from the things that you've already gone through? Listen, next week, really excited about my next guest, Mr. Mike Levine. He's a retired command sergeant major and currently serves as the communications and marketing manager at Activision Blizzard. So stay tuned for episode 51 with retired sergeant major, Mike Levine, really looking forward to that episode. But for now, as you go about your week, no matter where you're at, always ask, how can I help? Thanks for listening and join us again next week.
4: I thought by now they fall but you have never felt me yet Ooh. waiting for change to come knowing the battle's won for you have never yeah. your promise still stands great in- I know the night woke. I know the night won't last oh, no. You're oh. what come to